Hello, ladies and gentlemen, Big Sky and Lumberjack Nation. I am your host, Casey. I sincerely thank you for coming and listening to my episode of NAU and Big Sky Sports. I really, really appreciate it. Today, it's a really big episode. I'm excited for it. As you can tell, uh, we have the head coach of NAU football on today. It's big. You know, I've been a fan of NAU, all of their sports, for many years now. And one of the things that I've absolutely loved about Flagstaff, the community, and NAU is they're very open. They love to communicate. They like to talk about things that's going on. And it's always been, for the most part, an open communication and an open line. So I want to thank them for that and this opportunity. I'm not going to make you wait any longer because I know that you're really wanting to listen to head coach and what he has to say. So without further ado, next up, head coach of NAU football, Coach Chris Ball. Everyone, I'm on the line with head coach of NAU football, Chris Ball. How are you, sir? Good. How are you, Casey? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking, and thank you for being on today. No problem. Thank you for having me. So one of the big things that I want to know, as well as probably a lot of listeners, is you know, this last year was your very first year at NAU. Okay. Uh, also, your very first year being a head coach. Tell me and the listeners, if you can, what are some things that you have learned about yourself and the team that you help lead? Well, you know, first, I think the, the first thing is that nobody really knows how, um, you know, when they say it's like drinking through a fire hose, that's a good, good example because it's, um, unless you sit in this seat and are in charge of so many young men and support staff, it's, um, it, 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 it's overwhelming at times. So I've learned how to, you know, I got to be more organized. I got to be careful in what I say, how I act. Um, I got to take some more of emotion out of everything. 
Um, but it's a, um, I apologize for every head coach I've ever worked for <laughs> because, it's, uh, you know, you one hurry to make a decision and you want to get some things done and you, but there's a lot, lot to it. You know, more comes across my desk than I ever could imagine. You know, to, once you start to sit down to work on some football, then somebody comes in or somebody needs something or the AD needs to talk to you. Uh, so I've got to do, uh, you know, I've learned to be a lot more organized. Uh, I've learned how to, to, to manage my day better uh, where I've got time for everybody, but still got time to work on football. I didn't do nearly enough football last year. Uh, I sort of left it up to Coach Partridge defensively and I, Aaron Flugrad offensively. I just needed to know the basics and, and know exactly what how we were doing things. And then I managed the game. Uh, this year, I'm going to be a lot more involved. I'm going to coach the corners. I'm going to be a lot more involved with uh, the defense um, and uh, uh, actually hold meetings with the corners. So, you know, uh, I didn't get enough football done. I've learned how to be more organized. Um, it's, it is it is a uh, – I, I love the opportunity. I love being a head coach. Uh, but it's, it's a lot different than being an assistant when right. it comes to – managing people and managing your day. Well, thank you for that insight. Yeah. Last season ended uh, for NAU, not what, of course, you all were hoping, uh, four wins and eight losses. Now, from a fan looking in, it seems like the biggest reasons why NAU struggled is because of a, a lot of injuries and players leaving the team. Yeah. What are some ways that NAU can fix those issues? Well, the, the, when uh, leaving the team, you know, anytime you've got a, a, a change of culture, okay, um, you're going to have to make some decisions on guys. Everybody, when I came in here, had a clean slate um, as we went through the process. Uh, different guys, you know, made some mistakes. I didn't necessarily kick them off for one mistake, but we draw up contracts. If they didn't honor those contracts and continue to make mistakes, then we dismissed them from the team. Um, some guys quit because it was way different. You know, I'm not saying it was any better or, or any worse. It was just different than the way uh, Coach Sowers did things. And I had to instill my own culture, and I've got to do it the way I know how how's the best the best way to do it is is uh, uh, the way I know how, you know, and that's through relationships and hard work. And um, as we were going through the process, you know, some guys, you know, didn't like to be held accountable. You know, we, we talk about how we serve our players. We serve our players by holding their, them accountable to their dreams and goals. Okay. And so you set a standard and then it's up to each position coach and the head coach to hold those kids to that standard every day. It's probably the most exhausting thing we do as as coaches is holding 18 to 22 year olds accountable every day. And but in order for us to serve them and help them achieve the things they want to do academically and athletically, we've got to hold them to that standard. Uh, and some guys, you know, aren't used to being held to a standard, and it was uncomfortable for them. Um, and so some of them left, some of them we kicked off. Um, but it, it, it's normal. You know, it's normal. The injury part of it isn't wasn't normal. You know, I, I'd never been a part of that. Um, that bad. We had 33 season-ending injuries to scholarship players. 
And so um, we did a lot of research in, in the off season. Uh, we were doing a great, great job in our winter conditioning in the weight room. Uh, Sam Lackey was doing a tremendous job with, with the group. They're getting bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, we're doing mat drills uh, twice a week and conditioning in the morning. And uh, it was going really, really well. And then the virus hit. Okay. And so um, hopefully we got enough uh, work of showing them that that's what we needed to do. One, to decrease injuries is to be stronger and, uh, and uh, bigger, faster, stronger. And then uh, two, I think recruiting, you know, we got to recruit the right body types. You know, we, we can't recruit the, you know, um, the ectomorphic body type, you know, the skinny guy that's not going to get bigger and stronger. You know, we need the mesomorphic type, which is an athletic type body type. And those are the type of guys that we got to, got to recruit. So we've added into our recruiting, uh, our recruiting coordinator, Brennan Ball. Um, he uh, has instilled a, a body type ranking system. Okay. And so if they're, if it's close, then, you know, we're going to take the guy with a better body. All right. That can, that we can do a better job evaluating, you know, so we've got to um, uh, do, uh, and I think our first, our freshman class, and then that's the last class we had, we've done that. You know, we've recruited some quality, quality body types. And, uh, you know, third, we've got to be um, smart on practice. You know, we got to use our players. Uh, everybody told me going down from 85 scholarships to 63 scholarships, uh, the biggest thing was you don't have the bodies you're used to having. And uh, if you get a couple guys hurt, it's, it's, it's drastic. So we've got to do a better job practice-wise of staying off the ground, uh, keeping everybody healthy, um, having good practice etiquette, we call it. So guys aren't going low. You know, everything's high and hard and tackling and, and blocking. And uh, we're using our players to rotate in to make sure guys aren't playing while they're exhausted, you know. So those are three things that we've really we've emphasized in the off season as far as uh, staying healthy. And then, like I said, the, 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 the other thing, too, about the uh, injuries, sometimes in a program you can be reactive. You know, come in, coming into the winter, we wanted to be proactive. We've got some things going on with our training staff and our weight, our, our, rank, our strength staff as far as um, identifying weaknesses in the body also. So we call, have a thing called fusionetics, and it's, it identifies weaknesses through different exercises. And then we, the, the training staff and strength staff teach the kid how to improve those weaknesses on their off time. So we've got a lot of things going on with that. Uh, I think it's going really, really well, even with the, the COVID, COVID situation. So, um, but I think our guys are making big strides um, uh, with it uh, as far as buying in to what we're trying to do and be pro more, pro more proactive in our injuries. And then anytime, like I said, anytime you got a culture change, there, there, there's going to be guys that leave and guys are going to have to be dismissed. And uh, been that way everywhere I've ever been. Any type of change over there's been, that's always been that way. True. Um, because it is finally, I mean, finally the whole COVID thing is starting to go away. Are you now being able to uh, see your players yet? Uh, or is that still be, is that still on hold? No, uh, they're going to, um, they had to make it, make it voluntary. 
And so uh, they got, the, the report dates June 7th, okay? But they have to have a 14-day quarantine. So can't do anything for 14 days. So June 22nd is when we can start uh, working out in small groups of 10. Um, we'll have two groups on the field going, uh, two groups of 10 on the field. We'll have a, a group of 10 in the weight room. Then in transition, we've got to give time for them to clean up the weight room. And then the next group will come in and we'll rotate. Um, so that, that'll pretty much take most of the morning and the, the, the early afternoon uh, to get everybody through. There'll be some guys that won't come in till the end of June just because they like their workout situation back at home. Okay. But uh, most everybody will be here. Uh, well, everybody will be here July 7th. Um, the freshmen, we don't bring them in until July. But um, the, the, the upperclassmen, most of the upperclassmen will be here on uh, Sunday, June 7th. Now, you as a coach of, of overall coaching experience, you have experience in the SEC, the Pac-12, and the AAC. Now that you have been in the big sky for a year, other than your 1999 stint in, at, at Idaho State, mm -hmm. uh, how do you say the competition is compared to the other conferences? And what have you learned about the big sky overall? Well, it, it's by far the toughest FCS conference in the country. We set a record last year as a, uh, a conference of, uh, we had four teams in the playoffs with first round buys. That's never happened before. In fact, we broke our own record of three. And so um, when it comes to FCS football, it's um, the best in the country, hands down. And the way you got to look at it is that you've got 13 schools, you know, out West and that's it. That's it. We're not competing against the Missouri Valley for players and the Ohio Valley for players. We're not doing that. We're working beating against each other, and we got this whole range of area to choose from, to recruit from. Uh, what makes this job so good is the state of Arizona and Southern California. We're the only FCS scholarship program in this part of the country. So we take advantage of that, you know, and it, you, you've got other schools that have a similar situation, but this, this, what made this, that's what made this job special, but, and we can get into more of that later, but the, the conference as a whole, I believe is as competitive as, and I, I put this, I, I tell recruits, it says there's not a whole lot of difference in the lower half of the AAC and the lower half of the Mountain West. Very similar from, they just got a little few more bodies than we do. Now, obviously we're not a Boise or Fresno, you know, um, and the upper half of the Mountain West is very, very good. But the lower half of it is, is very comparable. You know, I think uh, we've played UTEP in Conference USA and beat them two years ago. And then 30 we, to 10. Yeah. Then we play UNLV a few years ago and beat them. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we're very, very comparable to that. Now, granted, week in and week out, we don't have to play some of the same guys they play. But I compare it to that type of football. Right now, we recruit against New Mexico – UNLV, um, those schools are, are really hitting, are doing a great job in our state, actually, a really good job in our state. And those are schools that we're, we're competing. UTEP, UTEP does a great job in our state also. So we're competing against those recruiting-wise. Very rarely do we recruit against the big, the big sky in recruiting. A few guys will come down here 
when we took the job, we wanted to build a wall around this state. I got here, I heard there were four starting offensive linemen from, from uh, Arizona starting on uh, Montana's offensive line. Well, that, that can't happen. No, that can't happen. Not at all. We've built a wall around it. But as far as football, yeah, I think it's a high, high level. It's very, very competitive. Uh, you look at the coaches in this league, there are some great coaches. You know, uh, Jeff Choke, Bobby, Bobby Houck. Uh, you got um, um, Bo Baldwin coming back in the league. Um, Jay Hill. I mean, there's some dang. You go in their meet. You go in these meetings. You look around the table. Dan Hawkins. There are some good, good, good football coaches in this league, and uh, you better bring it every week uh, because there's no, there's no, there's no pushovers. You know, anybody can beat you. And uh, it's it's a it's a different brand of football. It's becoming more of a physical conference. You know, it's more where it used to be wide open. I think it's more becoming more of a physical conference. Uh, you look at Weber and what Jay's done up there. They're a physical football team. You look at Montana State. They're a physical football team. They play physical on defense and they they run the football. You know, I think that's what this this league's coming to. You know, so it's becoming more of an SEC SEC type style conference. Um, uh, again, very, very physical, very, very physical football. I've always thought, you know, we have basically three real quote unquote rivalries. NAU real rivalry has always been with Northern Colorado. And then you have Southern Utah. Right. But my favorite what I want to say is a rivalry because we have the longest history is with Weaver. Yeah. And every game between the two teams, I believe has always been the most physical. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a physical game this year. We hung with them for a while and ran out of gas, but it was, um, they are very physical. What he does um, on offense and defense and what Montana state does on offense and defense. I haven't, we'll play Bobby of a Montana this year, but watching them on film, you know, that's what we're striving to be. That's what we're striving to be. And um, those those guys know how to coach. Uh, they, they know the game of football. They know young men. Uh, and they, they, they put a great product out there on the field. Great product. So it's June. So this is normally when the upcoming season buzz starts. Uh, so let's talk about the upcoming season and future, shall we? NAU has some fantastic weapons coming back for the offense. Just a few, like Brandon Porter, Hendricks Johnson, Stacy Chukwumzi. And on special teams, we have Lewis Aguilar, Arnson, just to name a few. With a couple defensive players returning, like Lawless and a, and a few others, it kind of seems to me uh, that you and the rest of the coaches took an emphasis this recruiting season uh, on really getting a lot of defensive players and kind of starting the defense back up. Am, am I wrong? No, no, no. That's exactly what the plan was. We need to get better players on defense. We, um, we're still not done. You know, we're still on some really, really good junior college defense alignment. Um, uh, we've run a couple, a couple of really good junior college. Well, one, we got one more spot left on defensive back junior college defensive back. Um, so we are, we have put emphasis on building that defense up. We ran out of players last year. 
you know, we ended up playing 37 redshirt freshmen and true freshmen last year. So we got a lot of experience coming back really on both sides of the ball. You know, obviously we got to replace Cook uh, on uh, the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but I think, you know, I'm always going to oversign a quarterback. We're always going to have a great quarterback, always. And so between Jeff Widener and uh, Keandre Woodty, um, you know, those those two guys are, are very, very com competitive. You've got – and then you got B. Miller. He, B. Miller has done a, just gotten better every year. And then uh, we've got the, the uh, Nico Hayden, Hayden, Hayden coming in. Um, as a true freshman. So we're on some, we, we've got some good quarterbacks. We got our whole offensive line back. Uh, we got, a, we're young at the backfield. We got a great, unbelievable receiving core. Uh, you know, on top of those three guys you named, uh, we got Chance Brewington coming back. We've got uh, Dejon Jones, 6'5, 220 pound wide receiver, uh, junior college kid. And then defensively, we've got we've got a transfer coming in from Boise. We've got a DN com, uh, commit from El Camino coming in, uh, junior college. And then we got Brandon. We've got uh, Mark Coaching, who is a, a fresh a redshirt freshman who will be playing for us as a big time player out of Oakland. Uh, we've got Eloy Kuwaiti uh, on a uh, defensive end. We got Carson Taylor coming in at the other end. We got Tristan Vance back. At linebacker, uh, we got Harrison B. Miller back. We got Anthony Sweeney back. We got Marcel Myers back at corner, and the guy's been a great surprise. Who ended up with a? Gosh, I think all A's and one B's just doing a great job academically and really doing a good job. Is uh, Jacob Mapungi was a running back. We moved to corner, and man, is he looking really, really good at the corner spot. So, yeah, we got Morgan Best, who was injured last year, safety that was a starting safety coming out of spring and then got hurt in camp as uh, a really good player, really good safety. So um, we've got some really, really good players coming in. And we were talking today, I was talking to Nancy, Anthony Sweeney on the phone. If we would have had the guys we started camp with, we'd have been in pretty dang good shape. Probably would have for sure ended up with a winning record, if not in the playoffs. So um, we've got some quality guys coming back. But, yes, the emphasis was on defense. And I think the, the, the coach has done a great job of building that up. We've got some quality, quality in-state young players that are going to have to play on in the defensive line, but I think we'll be ready to do so. Right. Um, I saw when you were – when NAU was um, allowing people to see who signed on, I saw two player – two transfers from North Carolina State. Uh -huh. Are they still coming on? No, you know, we, we've had to uh, – one had to, because the, 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 the virus had to go in the Army, and the other one just wasn't getting it done. And okay. so, yeah, they ended up not, not being there. I know that would have been nice to have them, but um, it was a bit of a transition issue for some of them. So um, we've moved on. We've moved on. All right. No problem. I want to give huge props to the recruitment team at Northern Arizona your son, Brennan Ball, uh, for really hitting the state of Arizona hard. You kind of explained it a little bit earlier, but uh, explain to me again and the listeners why that it was so important to you and everyone else to hit Arizona so hard. Well, for one, it's, it's right here in your backyard. You know, you've you got to go 
two hours down the mountain, hour and a half down the mountain, you're in the largest, the fifth largest city in America, and it's still growing. Uh, every year, the football just continues to get better and better. I think the high school coaches do an unbelievable job of coaching their kids and developing uh, football players. A lot of skill, you know, because they can play year round. Uh, they can throw the ball year round. Uh, and there's enough FCS football players in this state to help you win a national championship. And then I just think, you know, that was one of the most attractive things about this job. Coaching at Arizona State, you really saw that, you know, because you had players going all over the country um, and, and being successful uh, out of the state. And uh, then there, there was a whole handful of guys that were going around the big sky. So and we shouldn't be losing those guys. I mean, those guys should be looking here. I thought we did a great job. I think we lost a kid to Weber uh, and a kid to Davis. But other than that, we, we, we won the battles. We got the kids that we wanted in state. Uh, we did lose a receiver to Northern Colorado, but, you know, um, I felt like we, we got the guys that we went after. And, and uh, a couple of those we lost, we went and came in late on. But uh, – the ones we, 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 we got are the ones that we really, really wanted. So it's um, great football. It's right in our backyard. Uh, we need to build a fence around Arizona, uh, and we need to recruit Arizona kids. Uh, I always tell them, I said, we're putting together an Arizona all-star team, and then we're sprinkling a little Southern California guys, and uh, then we're going to go to work. And that's another thing about the job is you just – you know, Los Angeles, Southern California, I think there's 28 million people in Southern California. We're going to go over there and uh, recruit that. And I thought we did a great job uh, this off season. With the, the, during the virus, we spent four hours a day in recruiting. And we got a really, really good handle on the, uh, the Southern California kids. So if there's any type of balking with the kid in Arizona, then – we'll move on to the Southern California kid, but we got to make sure that he's just as good. We're never going to have a limited number of guys to recruit with those two areas. Right. We'll, we'll always have great numbers. We just got to make sure we take the right ones. Right. And the right ones are character, smart, great work ethic, mentally tough, and talented. You can't just recruit talent because if you just recruit talent, it's not going to get any better. If you recruit talent, with those other four things, then those those characteristics are going to find ways to get better with their talent. There's enough kids for us to recruit out there that we can be picky and pick those kids with those traits. And uh, that's what we're looking for. Well, that's awesome. I mean, that makes me happy as a fan. It oh, really good. does. It does. Now, uh, as you know, and the rest of the big sky is aware that Case Cook is, is no longer with the team uh, as he has graduated and is now with the uh, uh, Giants organization in the NFL. So now the question is, who does NAU have to compete for that, port, uh, for that position? And how are you going to decide who gets it? Well, it's, it's, it's up for grabs right now. Uh, Keandre Woodtee, the transfer from Oklahoma State, Ended up redshirting him last year. He's got two more years left. 6'5", 215 pounds, uh, dual threat guy. Probably one of the smartest football players I've ever been around. I mean, just can he, he knows it inside and out. Uh, then we got Jeff Widener, 
who is um, a redshirt freshman from Apple Valley, California. Very, very talented. Uh, we'd be in the office during the season, and I would look down there on the field about 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. We practice in the morning, and Jeff would be down there throwing to the freshman wide receivers. So um, tremendous work ethic, extremely smart, working his tail off. Um, we got uh, Heath B. Miller, who's an athletic guy, can run, can do some things. Uh, really excited about him. Nico Payne from, from Phoenix, the freshman. And then um, and I think those are the those are the guys going to be competing for the for the job. Um, we, we you know we're going to have to figure it out quick because we didn't have spring ball. You know they're going to have to come in here in camp, and uh, Coach Flugrad's going to have to have a well organized plan to get the guys reps so we can determine who who's going to be the guy. And it's going to be a heck of a competition. It's going to be fun to watch. It is going to be fun to watch because they are both hungry. They're all hungry, and they they, they all want to want a shot at it. So. Um, we'll we'll see what happens. Well, I wish I was uh, able to be in the stadium to to watch that happen. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, how are the uh, new facilities coming along for NAU? Great, great. You know that um, they're, they're still moving. They're moving forward on it. Uh, I drive by it every day and look at it, and uh, man, they're making progress. They, I think they started three weeks ago. Got all the trees out of there. They did some blasting last Friday and the Friday before. Um, moving a lot of dirt, a lot of holes, a lot of trucks, a lot of tractors, a lot of bulldozers. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on over there. And uh, it was supposed to be done November 21. Uh, and I think it's right on time. It's right on time. And uh, architects are starting to fine tune some of the buildings, some of the meeting rooms. But it's going to be state of the art. I mean, it is, it is special. It is a special, special facility uh very very unique um as far as we'll have a be able to adjust the altitude and part of it so because we play at seven thousand feet so it's going to have us help some of our other athletes uh recover um we got a brand new weight room brand new academic center uh training room state-of-the-art training room with hot tubs cold tubs underwater treadmill um uh, it's a recruiting room and then a team meeting room and a position meeting room. So it's going to be really, really nice. Really, really nice. Awesome. Last question. What has been your favorite experience so far with you being at NAU and in the Flagstaff community? Oh man. Well, I'm, I'm lucky to, to obviously be the head coach at a great university. Um, you know, I'd have to say, obviously, uh, the, the watching our team develop and uh, watching them uh, come together as a team, uh, meet the standard every day. Uh, it's fun to watch them grow, say the things that we're saying. They're excited to get back. Um, you know, that part of it, it makes me sleep well at night is our players. You know, our, our players have just done an unbelievable job of buying in and uh, doing what we're asking to do. The staff, uh, I, if I got the head coaching job at the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'd take this staff with me. I mean, they're that good. And uh, they do a great job with relationships with their players, and that's all I ask. And that's how we're going to do things is through relationships. And um, 
they, they've done an unbelievable job through this, this, this COVID-19 pandemic of, of uh, meeting with our guys. We came up with a schedule, you know, we, we go from 8.30, 8, 8, um, 8, 8 to 8, 9.30, we would uh, meet with the players and then we'd have a staff meeting at 9.30. 9.30 to 10, we'd meet, and then 10.30 to 12, we would work on football with the, by uh, offense, defense, come back at – we'd go work out, come back at 1, and we would uh, meet on recruiting from 1 to 4, and then more football from 4 to 5.30. So we had a, a schedule all through this whole thing and uh, have kept it. And so you go home at night and you feel like you accomplished something. But I'm really proud of the staff and the men that I've surrounded myself with. Uh, we do this for one reason, and that's to make a difference in a young man's life through this great game of football. And uh, that's how we do things. That's the only way I know how to do things. And uh, my dad told me, if I'm gonna get into this profession is to do it, uh, don't do it because of the money, do it because you got a chance to make a difference in a young man's life. And that's why we do what we do. And that's why I hired the guys that I hired. And uh, some of them sacrifice a lot. Been away from their families for a year. They're just moving their families up this month. Uh, a lot of them took some pay cuts to be here, but uh, that's something I'm really, really proud of. I've, and, and whenever you got a chance to surround yourself with great men, um, that's what makes you successful. You know, head coach uh, does a lot, but at the end of the day, um, those are the guys. The assistant coaches are the guys that have the relationship with the players. They're the guys that, that, that are in the trenches day in and day out. And uh, really, really, really lucky to be surrounded with those guys. And then the, the living Flagstaff. I mean, this place is unbelievable. It's are you kidding city. I mean, I walk out of here in the morning, and it smells like vacation. It feels like vacation. I got elk standing in my front yard. I mean, it's just beautiful. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. Sitting outside tonight, it's beautiful. The weather's unbelievable. The town is phenomenal. The townspeople have been unbelievable. They've been very supportive. I've developed some great friendships here. And um, it's just, it's just, it's more than what I even thought it would be. I knew it was, I've always had my eye on this job. And it, 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 it's better than I thought it would be. And, uh, you know, Mike go to work every day with Mike Marlowe. He's got the same visions that I've got. And his staff has done an unbelievable job. And um, they've made some moves in different areas to help us get better. And, um, you know, to, to, everything's in place to get it done. Now we just got to get the – I keep telling these recruits, I said, now we need great players. We need great players to help us do it. But everything's in place to win a national championship. I'm excited. I mean, it's, it's, it's looking good. We had some good potential, really good potential at the beginning of last year before – everything kind of hit and, and injuries and you can only get better and go up. Right. Yep. Yep. And then, you know, it's, it's, we had a lot of adversity last year. I think that's going to help us this year and down the road because we've learned how to handle it, learn how to move forward. We were in a lot of different type of situations. We're in a lot of close games. I think it's going to help us this year. I really do. Awesome coach. Well, before I let you go, is there anything else that you would like to say? The floor is yours. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Case, for having me on. Like I said, uh, before we started this thing, if anything I can do to help you, don't hesitate to ask. Thank you so much, Coach. I will talk with you very soon, okay? Okay. Thank you. 
That was a fantastic interview and great to have Coach Chris Ball on the podcast. Once again, thank you so very much. I'm going to have more coaches on and some more players in the very near future. And um, I'm going to be in Arizona in October. So you never know what's going to happen with who might be on a live episode of a podcast or a face-to-face version of it. Plans are being made. That's all I can say for now. I hope you guys liked it. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. I will talk with you all very soon. Next week, I'm going to have another huge special guest with another sport of NAU. You'll find out next week. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode. Always remember, never forget, Root NAU. Root NAU. To get more information, please visit Twitter at NAU Podcast or SoundCloud.com slash NAU Podcast.